All right, Rabosei, good morning. Let us begin. So we are, today's daf is Kuf Beis. Beautiful and incredible daf ahead of us. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Adar, Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shirman Drushos this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Dina Bas Pesach, Zechariah Ben Zechariah. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Meshin Chavi Abramson for dedicating this last parak of Psachim, Arve Psachim as a Zechus for Rafur Shalema for Daniel Mayer Ben Chana. We hope that he, together with Kol Cholis, will have a complete and enduring Rafur. All right, to with that, let us begin. So we really have a very exciting Gemara today with a lot of really fascinating sugya. So let's pick up today's Daphne's Kuf Beis 102. But we left off. We left off. Um, let's go ahead and actually just begin from Mesve again, if that's all right. We'll go. We'll just go through it very quickly. It's two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen lines up from the bottom. We we read most of this already, but it's just easier to pick up at the beginning of this. So, so remember again, we are we are heavily steeped. In the sugya of Shinoi Makam. And what happens, is, remember again, this began as a discussion regarding Kiddush and Shul on Shabbos. Okay. This began as a discussion regarding Kiddush and Shul on Shabbos. Namely, when I hear Kiddush and Shul on Friday night, what does that do for me? So we had two really parallel discussions going on. Number one, what's the impact of it for Kiddush itself? Do I have to go home and make Kiddush again? So remember again, we had Rav saying, we had Rav saying that Halacha Lamaisa, you are Yotze Kiddish, but not Yotze Yayin. And then we had Shmuel, uh, I'm sorry. We Rav said, Rav, Rav and Shmuel both agreed that Halacha Lamaisa, you have to go home and make another bracha on the wine that you drink. We had a machlokis regarding whether or not you are Yotze Kiddish. Rav said, you're Yotze Kiddish. Shmuel said, you're not Yotze Kiddish. And that turned out to be a machlokis regarding Kiddish B'makom Su'uda. Does Kiddish have to be where you have your meal or not? And we went on and we discussed it. We'll say, we subsequently used this then to launch into a more general discussion regarding Shinui Makom. So what happens when you make a bracha on food in one location and then change your location? Ultimately, again, does that necessitate a new bracha or not? So with that, let's just pick this piece up very quickly again. So remember here, we had two, two interesting opinions. Rav Chista and Rav Sheshes. So Rav Chista said that halacha lamaisa, when we say that shinoi makom requires a bracha, when is that? So interestingly enough, he said that's only by food items that don't require a bracha achrona in their original location. But if you're eating something that requires a bracha achrona in its original location, then essentially you are tethered to location A. And once you are tethered to location A, even if you subsequently actually change your location to location B, you do not require another bracha. Masha'inkain, if you're eating foods that do not require a bracha achrona in their original location, any shinui makom, any change of place, will necessitate the making of another bracha. Rav Shesha said, Rav Shesha says, we don't get into that. I don't care what kind of food you're eating. If you start eating in one location, change locations to a new place, halacha lamaisa, you must make another bracha. Good. With that, we'll say very quickly, if you have a chabur that's sitting and eating together, and what? They uprooted their feet. Remember again, that Lashon is very important because as we're going to see in just a moment, indicates that they were rooted in the place. When are you rooted in the place that you eat? Only when? Only when? 
if you're eating something which requires the bracha achrona in it, the actual place of consumption. As the Gemara is going to spell out in just a moment. So the Chabur is eating together. They hear about a chasin and kala that's coming. They get up and run out to greet the chasin and kala. Kishen yotzin into an abrachal mafreya. When they leave, they don't have to make a bracha achrona before they leave. When they come back, they do not have to make another bracha. When is this true? When is this true? I will say, when is this true? When they left behind a zakin or a chola. In other words, they left behind a member of the chabura. So by leaving behind a member of the chabura, that roots the rest of the chabura in place. But if they went ahead and they leave, and they don't leave any member of the Chabura behind, then what? We'll say, if, the, if no member of the Chabura is left behind, everyone leaves, then they must make a bracha, they must make an after bracha, right? Before they leave, and when they come back, and if they want to resume eating, they must make another bracha as well. Says the Gimara, very important to you, Mediktani Akruraglayan. This is where he actually left off. The fact that the Braises says Akruraglayan, they operated their feet. Michlal de Bidvarim had to unin brachalachin bim koman askinon. So we'll say, Lashon of Akru means you are rooted somewhere. When are you rooted where you eat? Only when you're eating something which requires a bracha achrona in that very same location. And the only reason why halachalamaisi you would not have to repeat. A bracha rishona, or make a bracha achrona before you leave. The time of the nichusham zaki no chola who the chesen yotzin into a bracha mafreya, chesen chos into a bracha lechatrila. Avalohi nichusham zaki no chola, chesen yotzin to unin bracha lemafreya, chesen chosrin to unin bracha lechatrila. Kashi l'rav chista. So I will say this entire brayse is a kashon rav chista. Because remember again, what was rav chista shita? Rav chista held that halacha lemaisa. The only time that Shinui Makom requires another bracha is for the type of food that doesn't require a bracha achrona in place. But anytime you're eating something which requires a bracha achrona in its original location of consumption, halachically you are tethered to that original location. So that wherever you go, you don't have to recite a bracha achrona before leaving, and nor do you have to recite a new bracha rishona before, before, before continuing to eat. Now the b'raisa made whether or not you need a bracha achrona or new bracha rishona fundamentally dependent on leaving behind a member of the group. Nothing to do with the type of food you're eating or the bracha achrona dynamic. That's a kashon of chista. Amr of Gimara says, Amr of Nachem by Yitzchak. So Nachem by Yitzchak said, Top of Kofbeis, you're right. Man tana akiros. I will say, who is the author of this b'raisa? Who spoke about, again, this concept of akiros. Right, remember again, who is the author of this b'raisa that says that whether or not you need a bracha achrona before you, le- you leave or a new bracha rishona when you come back is fundamentally dependent on leaving members of the group behind, that's Rabbi Yehuda, the Sanya, because Rabbi Yehuda said, or the Raisa says, This is very interesting. If Chaveirim are sitting together, and they go ahead, and literally they uproot themselves. Now, both said, anytime we're talking about uprooting themselves, so the Pashtos, that means they're in the middle of eating. They stop eating, they uproot themselves. They go ahead and they get up to go to shul, to go to learn. Kishen Yotzin, 
when they leave the meal, they do not they do not have to make a bracha achrona prior to leaving. We both say obviously the the the, the unstated the unstated um, the unstated reality here is of course it is their intention to what to what to continue to eat, right? Obviously, again, if they're finished and they're leaving, of course, you have to bench, you have to say, bracha the, the case over here is they're getting up to go to shul, they're getting up to go to the base to learn, but their intention is to resume eating. So what's talacha? Kishen yotzin, when they leave for shul, the base medrash into an bracha l'mafreya, they do not require bracha l'achrona. Ukishen chosen, when they come back, in tuunin bracha l'chatchila, they do not have to make another bracha before resuming to eat. So says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, comes on Rabbi Yehuda and he says, when is this true? When is this true? The only time this is true is if you left some members of the Chabura behind. Right? So there is some Chabura representation that remained at the Tesuda. So Rabbi Yehuda's logic is, as long as there are some members of the Chabura that remain behind, essentially, again, that tethers the Chabura to that location. Therefore, again, However, again, if I did not go ahead and leave behind some members of the Chabura, then If the entire Chabura leaves, then they must make a bracha before departing, and if they come back and want to resume eating, they must make another bracha rishona. So, so it turns out, it turns out, that halacha lemaisa, there's now a third opinion. So we have, so we have again now working backwards as Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Huda says that whenever an individual who's part, let's, let's assume right now are part of a chabura, whenever a chabura is eating in somewhere, and now again the chabura or members of the chabura go somewhere else and are going to eat in the second location, the requirement they have to either make a bracha achrona before they they leave or a new bracha rishona when they come back or resume eating somewhere else is going to be fundamentally dependent on whether or not there is some representation of the Chabura in the original location. Rabbi Huda says, as long as there are members of the original Chabura left behind, then even if some go ahead and get up and go to shul, go to learn. But when they leave, they don't have to make a bracha achrona. And when they come back, they need not make a bracha rishona. That's in contrast to the position of Rav Chista. Rav Chista says it's not a Chabura function of Osei. What kind of punk? What is it a function of? What is it a function of? Of the food. What type of food are you eating? Are you eating food which requires a bracha achrona in its original location? In its original location, sorry. In which case, again, the food anchors you. So both say everyone's agreeing on the. I should say not everyone, but Rav Chista and Rav Yehuda are agreeing on the same fundamental idea, which is generally shinui makum, changing location, is going to require a new bracha. Why is Shini and Makam going to require a new bracha? Why? Hesachadas. So the only way to avoid that is if you are anchored to your original location. The Machlokis simply is what represents or what constitutes a proper halachic anchor. Rav Chista will say, food is your anchor. Food is your anchor. Food is, right, if, you, if you're eating something which requires a bracha in the original location, that's your anchor. Rabbi Huda will say, no, what's your anchor? What's your anchor? 
your chevra, people, your chabura is your anchor. We'll say it's, it's interesting. People use different things in life to anchor themselves, right? We all look for an anchor to keep our things steady, to keep ourselves steady. So some people rely on relationships, right? Some people rely on gashmios. People rely on different things to keep themselves anchored in life. Then, of course, there's the position of Rav Sheshis. Now, Rav Sheshis says that halacha neither food nor chevra can keep you anchored. Any, right? Essentially, I will say, the, the reality of your life is wherever you are. So if you change places, it's very nice you left friends behind. Or it's very nice you ate a food that requires a bracha achrona in place. Shinoi makom, by definition, is hesachadaz and therefore requires a new bracha. So we'll say, this is our, this is our three-way machlokis. Now, I just do want to remind you that halacha there is a fourth opinion, and that is the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Now, I remember again, Rabbi Yochanan holds that halacha lamaisa, he holds that shinoi makom doesn't create hesachadas. We're going to come back to him in just a moment, right? Remember, again, I will say, we introduced the shita, I'm sorry, I know it's a, lot of, it's, it's a lot of opinions here, but we introduced the shita of Rabbi Yochanan in yesterday's daf, because all, we began with Rav and Shmuel about what happens when you make Kiddush and Shul. And I remember again, interestingly enough, according to Rav and Shmuel, everyone was agreeing that Yedeyayin lo yatsa, that when you go home, you definitely have to make a new bracha on wine because that's Shinoi Makam. Right? The Machlokis was about Kiddush. Rabbi Yochanan said, even Yedeyayin yatsa, right? Because Rabbi Yochanan was of the opinion that Halacha Lamaisa, Shinoi Makam is not Goreim a new bracha. So again, so, so just keep that in mind for just a moment. So back to the Gemara. Ella, taima, tibidvarim hatu'unim bracha lachain bim koman. Rather, again, the reason says the Gemara is as follows. When you're eating something, taima, tibidvarim hatu'unim bracha lachain bim koman, tichashen yotzin, ain't tu'unim bracha lamafreya, kishen chosrin, ain't tu'unim bracha lachatrila. So what says, now the Gemara says, so the reason ultimately again, that shinoi makam, a change of location, would not go ahead and necessitate a new bracha is because you're eating the type of food which requires a bracha achron in its original location, which anchors you to original location. But if you're consuming something which does not require a bracha in its original location, bracha achrona, then what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if you're eating a food which does not require a bracha achron in its original location, Here's what's interesting is, throughout this entire conversation, it sounds like, it sounds like everyone would agree that if you're eating a food item which does not require a bracha achrona, a bracha achrona in its place, Everyone will agree that halacha lamaisa shinui makom necessitates a new bracha. Because we'll let, let me clarify one point. We just introduced the position of Rabbi Huda. What did Rabbi Huda hold? Right. What did Rabbi Huda hold in order to be tethered to the original location? What do you need? Chabura. But I just want to point out, even Rabbi Huda is agreeing that if you look at the context of the brisa, the brisa says akru raglehen. Akru raglehen means what was the chabura eating? What was the chabura eating? An item which required a bracha achron in its location. So it turns out that Rabbi Yehuda is really adding on to Rav Chista, not simply disagreeing with him. Rav Chista says all you need in order to remain tethered to your original location is the type of food which requires a bracha achron in place. Rabbi Yehuda says no, that is not enough. You need that type of food and what? And what? 
and Chabura. What the Gemara is, is remarking on is something very interesting. It sounds like according to everyone, according to everyone, if you're eating food which does not require a bracha achrona in place and you leave, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? You have to make a bracha achrona and a new bracha rishona if you want to resume eating. Because they both say, it appears that, that with, in other words, the machlokis only is you need food and chabura. But everyone's agreeing, it sounds like, that you need food. So if you're, drink, so if you're drinking water or you're eating a piece of chocolate where there's no din of bracha achrona in the place where you ate, like barina fashos, there's no din of bracha achrona in the place where you ate, it sounds like everyone will agree that if there's a shinoi makum, you must make a bracha achrona before leaving and you must make a bracha rishona before you resume eating. Well, if that's the case, this is why I just mentioned this to you before, leima tevet to rabbi ochanon. Rabbi does this not refute the position of Rabbi Yochanan? Because remember again, Rabbi you saw this. I'm sure you underlined this in your Gemara. This was three lines up from the bottom on Kuf Aleph, Amad Aleph, 101a, where Rabbi Yochanan said, Af yidei yayin nami yatsu. And remember again, the Rashbam said, the Rashbam said, at the end of the day, She'in tzarech lachsro levarech al yayin shavuzo k'sharilo hisich daito b'yitziyaso. Mebei sekenesis, Rabbi Yochanan holds, that Shinui Makum does not require a new bracha. To which the Gemara says, Again, I got it. The Gemara, look at, look at the Rashbam for just a moment. It's the last of the short lines in the Rashbam. just said that Allah Shinui Makum does not require a new bracha. Now we'll say, now it happens to be, it's not a totally fair kasha on Rabbi Yochanan, because Rashbam explains this is very different, right? The case of Kiddush is very different because I know that I'm going from shul ultimately again to go ahead and come to my home to eat the suda. Rabbi Yochanan, but you see something amazing that according so far to the other opinions who say that Shinu Makom does necessitate a bracha, whether it's Rav Chista, whether it's Rav, whether it's Rav Sheshes, um, whether it's Rav Chista, uh, yeah, Rav Chista, Rabbi Yehuda, they'll say that Shinoi Makom requires a new bracha, even if it's your das to eat somewhere else. See, both say, according to this emotion, the Gemara saying is as follows. If I start my Suda in location A, and I know that I'm going to location B, it's quite possible that Shinoi Makom will still necessitate, or possibly still necessitate, a new bracha. It's only according to Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan holds Shinoi Makom does not require a new bracha. So pretty much everything we're talking about until now is a kashan of Yochanan, to which the Gemara says, you're right, we already, we already raised the kash against Rabbi Yochanan. You're right, to which the Gemara says, this is just another refutation of Rabbi Yochanan's position. Beautiful. Rabbi Yochanan says, no. Nami, Rabbi Yochanan will retort, and he will say, the truth is, even by food items which do not require a bracha achrona in place, shinui makam will not require a new bracha. And the only reason why the price we mentioned before, use lashon of akru raglein, which Rabbi say we understand, uprooting their feet means what? What were they eating? What were they eating? Something which required a bracha achrona in place. Is in order to teach us the strength of Rabbi Huda's position. 
Taima de Nicho Mixas Chaverim. Avaloi Nicho Mixas Chaverim. Kishen Yotzin to Nabrachal Mafraya. Kishen Chosin to Nabrachal Chatrila. And I will say the only reason Rabbi Yochanan will say the Brice illustrated its case with food items which require a brach in place is to teach us the strength of Rabbi Yochanan's position. The Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan holds, sorry, Rabbi Huda. The Rabbi Huda holds that food is not enough to anchor you to your original location. You need what? According to Rabbi Huda? Food and Chabura. So both sides, according to Rabbi Huda, you need food and Chabura to anchor you. According to Rav Chista, all you need is food to anchor you. And according to, according to Rabbi Yochanan, you need nothing to anchor you. And according to Rav Sheshes, nothing anchors you. Okay? The difference between those last two opinions, Rav say, is that Rabbi Yochanan will hold even Shinui Makom doesn't require a new bracha. Rabbi Sheshes will hold every Shinui Makom requires a new bracha. Beautiful. Tanya Kava said Rav Chista. So say there's a bracha that supports Rav Chista. So remember again, position of Rav Chista was everything is dependent on the food that you're eating. If the food anchors you in your original location, i.e. it requires a bracha achrona in the place of consumption, then Shinui Makom will not trigger the need for a new bracha. Says the Gemara, If Chaverim were sitting together to drink wine, and then they got up, left the place where they were drinking, and came back, you don't have to make another bracha. So I will say, simple brisa, simple brisa. And I will say, it's clear. So all according to this, since they are drinking wine, wine requires the ala gefen, and the ala gefen has to be in the place where you were drinking. So Allah, even if they left and came back, they don't have to make another bracha. Beautiful. So we'll say, so now watch this. Still not finished. B'nei Chaburah are sitting, sitting Friday afternoon. So remember again, we, we, we had a whole extensive discussion about what you do if you have a, right, you're eating, let's assume for a moment you started your Sudan Erev Shabbos Beheter in a permitted fashion before nine hours of the day. So therefore, and therefore what? Now it's Shabbos. Now it's Shabbos. What's remember again? What's Nachalokes? What's Nachalokes? Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yossi says, finish up. Rabbi Yehuda says, you have to stop. You have to stop. And remember, Yehuda says you have to be Oker Shulchan. You have to remove the table. What was our compromise position? A little Chazara? Pores Mapo Makadish. Good. So Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, Pores Mapo. Says the Gemara. So watch this. So you have a Chabur that's sitting. And then again, Shabbos starts. Listen to this. So what do they do? So they bring the guy, the Balabas. They bring the Balabas a cup of wine. It's, it's always great about in these cases of the they bring them, right? Great, they bring them. Yes, yes. Garçon, right? Whoever, right? Whoever it is, the they. Of course, everybody has the they who brings them. Right? So the Gemara says, They go ahead and they bring him a cup of wine. The Omer alov kiddushas hayom. So watch this. And he says, Kiddush. Vesheni Omer Vesheni. Then they bring him a second cup of wine. Omer alov birkas alaz in the Rebbe Yudah. So what's the Rebbe Yudah holds? That Allah Chalamaisa, Shabbos comes, remember, when Shabbos comes, you can't drink wine, you, you can't eat anything before Kiddush. That's the way it works on Shabbos. Once Shabbos starts, you can't do anything. So what do you do? So we'll say, so remember again, there's an unstated principle according to Rabbi Huda that, that the Gemara does not explicitly talk about, which is Akira Sasholchan. According to Rabbi Huda's model, once Shabbos starts, the first thing you do is, is take the table out. 
That's the first thing you do. You take the table out, right? Or again, at least poris mapa. But really, you take the table out. They bring him a cup of wine. He says, he says, Kiddush. Now, now the Kiddush over here is, what are you not doing? First, you're not benching. In other words, I might have thought that I have to finish up. I said, no, no, no. Go ahead. First cup of wine, you're going to go and you're going to make Kiddush because you can't do really anything before you make Kiddush. Then go ahead and recite Birkas Amazon on a second cup of wine. So the Gemara both say, I just want to point out, we're not going to get into it over here, but there is a whole machlokas about this statement of Rabbi Huda. The last Rashbam over here, he says, we'll just read the first part, and he says, so there's a Lashon Acher, there's an alternate version of Rabbi Huda that Rashbam here talks about and that Tosas on Ahmed Beis, the first Tosas on Ahmed Beis, which we're not going to get into, I'm, I'm just giving you the Maramokam. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, We'll say, watch this, Rabbi Yossi holds, you don't have to stop, we'll say, this is Shittas Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi holds, keep eating your meal, keep eating your meal, I eat Shabbos, it's okay, keep eating, Gomru Ahmed Beis. Gamru, once you finish your meal, kos rishon mevarechala berkas hamazon. So according to Rabbi Yossi, I will say what you do is, when you finish eating, they're going to bring you a cup of wine. Over that first cup of wine, you're going to go ahead and make, you, you're, you're going to bench, right? Mevarechala berkas hamazon, vashini omra lo kiddushas hayom. And then on your second cup of wine, you're going to go ahead and make kiddush. Good. So both say, so really fascinating machlokas. My suda goes into Shabbos. Shabbos starts according to Rabbi Yehuda. Gotta make Kiddush. Akiras HaShulchan. First step, make Kiddush. And then go ahead and recite Birkas HaMozor. And I will say, Nebepashos, what it sounds like according to Rabbi Yehuda is, you're going to bench right after you make Kiddush. You're going to bench right after you make Kiddush. And then what are you going to do? Bepashos, what are you going to do? You'll probably wash again. I mean, you don't have to remember again, we saw beforehand that one could fulfill the mitzvah shalosh sudos on Shabbos by having three meals on Shabbos day. That works as well. But I just want to point out, Rabbi, who does like, in, in, his, in the pure model, you would stop the meal when Shabbos starts, remove the table, recite Kiddush cup one, recite Berkas HaMazon cup two, and then wash again for Suudas Shabbos. That's Bepashu, so that sounds like Rabbi Yossi. You don't have to stop. Keep fressing. Continue, not, not fressing, but you know, keep, keep eating. When you finish your meal, first cup of wine, recite Berkas HaMazon. Afterwards, go ahead and recite. And afterwards, go ahead and recite um, Kiddush. Good. So we'll say, listen to this. Listen to this. Amai. So the Gemara says, why do you need two cups of wine? What? Listen to this. So first of all, take a look. Before we get to this, take a look at the, well, take, take a look at the Rashbam. Why don't you recite both things on one cup of wine? So look at the Rashbam. The Rashbam really says, this cash is really on Rabbi Yossi. Kurt Rabbi Yossi, why don't you just go ahead and make kid, make, make Birkas Amazon and Kiddush on one cup of wine? So you both say, in Rabbi Yehuda's case, it's a little bit more complicated. Why? Because Halach you have an Akira Sashulchan. There's, like there's like a meal rupture that's there that ultimately divides between Kiddush and Birkas Amazon. We'll, we'll see that in a little bit clearer in just a bit. But according to Rabbi Yossi, remember again, what are you doing? You're finishing up your meal, and then at the end of your meal, you're going to bench and then make Kiddush. So in Rabbi Yossi's model, you need two cups of wine. Ask him, why do you need two cups of wine? Why can't you just bench 
and ultimately recite Kiddush over the same cup of wine. To which the Gemara Sarbosa here we get into an incredible sugya. Incredible, incredible, incredible sugya. So it says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Because we don't recite, literally translated, two Kiddushos. We'll see exactly what that means, but we don't make two Kiddushos on one cup. My taima. Because I will say we do not perform mitzvos in bundles. We don't bundle mitzvos. Now look at Rashban for just a moment, the first wide line. Why don't we do mitzvos, chavilos, chavilos, bundles? The mechse alav kimasui. Because I will say this has the appearance ultimately of a burden. Of a burden. When you bundle mitzvahs together, it looks like ultimately, again, it's a burden to you. Therefore, you're trying to discharge multiple obligations simultaneously. So to recite Birkas Kontrabiosi, to recite Birkas Hamazon and Kiddush on one cup, it's Chavilos, Chavilos. Looks like you're just trying to get everything done and we don't do that. So we'll say just a word about this. So this is actually very interesting because I will say, where does this concept of Ein Osin Mitzvos Chavilos, Chavilos, Kanaris, it sounds very beautiful, sounds very beautiful, and certainly makes sense from like a hashkafic perspective, that a person should perform mitzvahs in a way which shows that you love the mitzvahs, and when you bundle things together, it looks like you're just trying to discharge obligations. So there's a whole discussion, this concept appears three times throughout Shas. Interestingly enough, in very different types of, of, of contexts. So for example, the Gemara Masechah Sota brings down that if you have two women who are sotos, right? Two women who are suspected, suspected of adultery, we don't go ahead and give them to drink at the same time. Or you're not mitaher, two mitzorayim at the same time. Or if you have two avodim who want to stay with their master and therefore need to have their ears pierced, we don't pierce them at the same time. So there are many, many halachas. Now, interestingly enough, the concept of ein osin mitzos chavilos chavilos is of course, it's not learned from a Pasuk, it's a rabbinic concept. So it's Chazal telling us that in the performance of mitzvos, in the performance of mitzvos, a person has to go ahead and conduct themselves. The way I do a mitzvah has to behaviorally appear as if it's not a burden. And what's very interesting about this is as follows. This, this goes back to a general concept of v'yahavta sashem elokecha. So remember again, what does Rashi HaKadosh say in v'yahavta sashem elokecha? To love Hashem your God. So remember, all the Mepharshim are bothered by this mitzvah. Why are they bothered by it? Because remember, you could legislate a lot of things. But the one thing you can't legislate is emotion. You can't, you can't tell people how to feel. You can tell people what to do, but you can't tell people how to feel. So Rashi HaKadosh says something amazing. So Rashi says, When you serve Hashem, make it look like you love Him. Make it look like you love which is what I said is incredibly profound. What Rashi is saying is you may not love Him, and you may not love the mitzvahs, and you may not love all the things that you have to do, but when you do it, it should look like you love it. It should look like you love it. And I will say, what's the yisod? It's in powerful. How you feel is informed by how you act. If you act with positivity, if you act with love, then ultimately, again, the feeling of love will come. That's the way it works. We often think the feeling informs the actions. It's not true. People wait for feelings a whole lifetime. It's the actions which shape the feelings. 
is the same idea. When I perform a mitzvah, when I perform a mitzvah, if somebody sees me performing a mitzvah, my goal is, my goal is that it should look like I love what I'm doing. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Maybe I feel like it, maybe I don't feel like it. But at least behaviorally, the way I act should exude a love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for Torah and for mitzvahs. If you start bundling things together, it has the appearance that this is something which is, it's a load on you. And so you're just trying to go out and take care of as much stuff as you can, as quickly and as expeditiously as possible. Therefore, I think is a derivative, if you want to know where it comes from, I think it comes from the, this din of the It comes from It's one of these appendage concepts of Rashi's interpretation of this mitzvah. But also, I'll just share with you something amazing. If you take, well, let's go through the Gemara first. Below, is that true? Is that true that we don't do mitzvahs in bundles? We learned, if someone comes into their house, you come home after, after Shabbos. So we have to make Havdalah. So what, what, what do you have as part of Havdalah? You make a Priyagafen, you make a Eish, and then you make the Bracha of Havdalah, which is the Bracha of Hamavdil. Ah, what happens? We'll say, what happens if again, I only have one cup of wine. So now the situation over here is, I ate shalashudis. I didn't yet bench. So I need a cup of wine for two things. I need a cup of wine for birkas hamazon, for benching. And I also need a cup of wine for avdala. But I only have one cup of wine. So what's the halacha? So this says, the gemar of him, hamazon, Kulon so the Gemara says, no problem. What do you do? Just recite benching on the cup, and then immediately after benching, recite Havdala on the coast as well. What? You just told me what? What do we just say? What do we just say? We just said, according to Rabbi Yossi, it's such a simple idea. You don't need two cups. One cup, bench, and then recite Perkas, and then recite Kiddush. So I will say, so again, you told me, no, we don't do that. We don't do multiple mitzvahs on one cup of wine. What are you talking about? You just told me everything. You have one cup of wine. Yad Shalashud this. You need to bench on a kosi to make Havdal, that you could first bench and then go to make all the brachos of Havdal in the same cup. So obviously you can't quote unquote bundle mitzvos on one cup of wine. If you take a look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says Mishal Shalim, it's in the wide lines, two, four, six lines in Mishal Shalim, Lashon Shal Shalas. Shemechabram Yachad in Birkas Amazon. Alma Amrinon Shtei Brachas Al Kosechad Vavdal Birkas Mazon. So I will say, so you, you see from here that you can do multiple things on one cup of wine, to which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Ain't no shiny. This is different. This is talking about a case where you don't have. You only have one cup of wine. Okay. So I will say, if you only have one cup of wine, under those circumstances, you could recite benching and then have dollar. Or in other words, love dafka, just benching and have dollar. If you only have one cup of wine, then enachinami, you could potentially use it for multiple things. But we're talking about where you have more than one cup of wine. So if you have more than one cup of wine, Allah Khlamaisa, Ain Osimitos Khabilos Khabilos. Mara says, I will say, this is so exciting. So for, for those of us, maybe for, for some of us who, who maybe learned this in our early Gemara years. We're going to get now to Yak Nahaz and all of these acronyms which were absolutely meaningless to us when we were in school. And Amir Tzashem, again, we're going to learn. And we'll say not only that, this is a major sugya this year. Because remember again, the first Seder is Matzah Shabbos. First Seder, so this, this whole discussion, Yak Nahaz, Yak Nahaz, all this 
It's, it's very, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. So I'll say, so now watch this. Incredible. I, is that true? So I'll say, so now remember, what the Gemara is suggesting is as follows. Everyone's going to accept the principle of enos and mitzos chavilos chavilos. Right? Except when? Except when? When you don't have. Right? So in other words, if you don't have, I'll say, now remember, I want to point out, you can accept in mitzos chavilos chavilos even when you don't have. Right? right? Remember again, it's very simple. Then I would say, don't bench with the coast. Right? Or don't make havdalah calls. In other words, there, there is another option. So yet what the Gemara is saying is, in general, we don't do mitzvos, chavilos, chavilos. That's the Gemara saying. Maybe the one exception is, if you only have one cup of wine, then maybe you could double up on the mitzvahs on the same cup. But other than that, in osi mitzvos, chavilos, the Gemara says, really? Really? Listen to this. Wow, halakha for us. But what about when yamtiv falls out? Right after Shabbos, now we'll say now from halachically this is fascinating because remember again what do you have happening at the same time? The islay, the islay va'amarav yaknaha. So the Gemara says. So now remember what happens when Yamtiv falls out on on Matzah Shabbos. I will say remember again. Rav says you have yakna. What's yakna? Yayin, kiddish, ner, havdalah. Now, I will say, leaving aside, remember, the only two things we care about in this equation are Kiddush and Avdallah. Right? What's, what's unique about when Yom Tov falls out on Matzah Shabbos is you have Kiddush and Avdallah on the same coast. So I will say, so again, so now you see, now Rav's just saying Yak, no. We'll, we'll get into this in just a little bit. But Lamaisa, the point over here is that you see that Yain and Kiddush are being made on the same cup. Now, says the Gemara, says the Gemara, now we're assuming, just Rashbam points this out, and this is very exciting. Rashbam assumes that the case in question is the first night of Pesach. Why the Gemara makes that assumption, we'll see. It's the first night of Pesach. And yet you see that you're making Kiddush and Abdullah on the same cup of wine. So Gemara says, no, 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 this is not the first night of Pesach. How do you know it's not the first night of Pesach? Omri, midalo amar zman. Because I will say, what's missing from Rav's, what's missing from his bundle there? The Zah, right? The Zion, the Zman, the Shech Yonu. The fact that Shech Yonu is not in there tells us what? Michlal de Pesach Askinon. It must be that what? It's the last day of Yom Tiv, which is on Matzah Shabbos. We'll see, right? That's how this falls out this year also, right? Right? Last day of Yom Tiv for us. Achron Shal Pesach is Sunday. No? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Right, so whatever the situation is, right? The Gemara is talking about over here that halacha lemaisa. We're not talking about where the first day of Pesach falls on. Yeah, achron shal Pesach is Matzah Shabbos. Yeah, achron shal Pesach is Matzah Shabbos. He'll say so. So again, so we're not talking about over here. We're not talking about over here where halacha lemaisa. Where halacha lemaisa, the first day of Pesach is on Shabbos. This is the last day. How do I know this? The Gemara says, Now Now, what does it matter if you're setting up this case on the first day of Pesach or the last day of Pesach? If there's one thing we assume you have a lot of on the first night of Pesach, it's what? Wine. So therefore, again, that, but if there's one thing you don't have a lot of on the last day of Pesach, it is wine, right? It's possible that Mamushit was a good yamtiv. It was a good yamtiv. So Mamush, I'm down to my last cup. I'm down to my last cup. Therefore, what the Gemara says, the Chomai, the Havalei, Achalei, the Lesley. So I'll say, so it's possible, maybe the case 
of where Rav says, you could say, Yayim Kiddush Ner Havdalah, Kiddush and Havdalah on the same cup, is Dafka the last night of Pesach. And again, it would make sense because in Rav's not mentioning Zman, he's not, he's not mentioning Shechianu. So I can't be referring to the first night of Pesach, I must be referring to the last night of Pesach. Maybe it's only the last night of Pesach where maybe you've exhausted your wine supply. That's when you could recite Kiddush and Havdalah on the same cup of wine. To which the Gemara says, Maybe by the last night of Yom Tev, you don't have any more wine left. And that's how you could recite Kiddush and Havdalah on the same cup. But that under regular circumstances, you would not recite them on the same cup. I, the Gemara says, But one second, let's go back for just a second. Everyone knows that at the beginning of Yom Tev, in general, not just Pesach, but every Yom Tev, there's a mitzvah of a meat and wine. People have plenty of wine in their house. Now the truth is, the reason why this conversation is especially true by Pesach is we're also going back to the first Mishnah Pesachim. Remember again, who has wine in their house on, on the beginning of Pesach? Everyone. Even who? Afilu Ani, right? Afilu Ani lo yifkusu lo me'arbakosos. Sefer say we know for sure that come the beginning of Pesach, everyone has wine. So watch this. Vayom tov rishon de'islei va'om rabaye yakzino. Varava Amar Yak Nahaz. Very, very exciting. We will see this in greater depth. Says a homach locus as to the order of brachas. When it comes to the first night of Yom Tiv, first night of Pesach that falls on Matzah Shabbos. But I will say, but leaving that aside, leaving aside the order of the brachas, what does everybody agree with? Everybody agrees that what are you doing on the same cup? Kiddush and Havdalah. So you see. They were doing, we see Osin Mitzos Chavilos Chavilos. We're bundling Kiddush and Havdalah on the same cup. Don't tell me you don't have wine, because you do have wine. This is a case of the beginning of Pesach. Everybody's wine. There's enough wine. If you wanted to do Kiddush and Havdalah on two cups, there's enough time to do Kiddush. There's enough wine to do Kiddush and Havdalah. So what's the Pshat? Ella, I'll say, here we go. Ella, Havdalah the Kiddush, Chada Milsihi, Berkas Hamazon the Kiddush, so we'll say a fascinating answer to which the Gemara says, when we say Ein mitzvos, chavilos, chavilos, this really refers to two separate mitzvahs. For example, benching and kiddish. So benching and kiddish, which have nothing to do with each other, two separate mitzvahs, bundling them on the same, on the same, on the same cup, ultimately again is osimitzos, chavilos, chavilos. But I will say this is incredible. Havdalah and Kiddush, says the Gemara, are the same thing. Chad mitzvah. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at the Rashbam. Kiddusha va'avdalah chad ha-milsihi. Tarvayhu mishum kiddusha as-yomim tovim ninhu. Uba'avdalah atzmahu maskir kiddusha as-yomtiv. Tamavdil ben kodesh la kodesh mavarim. So we'll say, so the truth is, both Havdalah and Kiddush make reference to what? The Kiddusha v'yomtiv. So thematically, they're very much linked. So because... Because thematically they're linked, that's, it's really looked at not as two separate or two disparate mitzvahs, but rather what? One mitzvah. Therefore, because they're looked at as one mitzvah, we will not say, it, it doesn't become a problem of osin mitzvahs, chavilos, chavilos. I will say, I just want to point out something very interesting. What the Gemara is suggesting over here is, we accept the premise of ain't osin mitzvahs, chavilos, chavilos. We won't bundle mitzvahs. We won't bundle mitzvahs. Unless, of course, what? Unless, of course, what? Unless, of course, you have no choice. Right, let's say a case of where there's only one cup of wine, or where the mitzvos are thematically linked, like Kiddush and Havdalah. But if the mitzvos are not thematically linked, like benching and Kiddush, 
We won't say chalal shavuot. I'll just point out to you what's fascinating about this. I just mentioned to you before that the makar of inos mitzvos chavilos chavilos is like being mashket two sotos, where it's the same mitzvah. It's true, it's the same mitzvah, but it's two different people. That's also called chavilos. It could be the same mitzvah, but two different people. But if it's the same person and two mitzvahs, and the mitzvahs are thematically linked, that's not called osim mitzvahs, chavilos, chavilos. Also, I'll just tell you, there's an incredible message in this as well, that havdala v'kiddish chada milsihi. Both you understand the profound, the profound lesson in that? What, is, what does it mean? Kiddish, havdala and kiddish chada milsihi? They're both saying, if you want kiddish, if you want Kiddusha, if you want holiness in life, the first step is Havdalah. The first step is distinguishing. I have to figure out in life what's Kodesh, what's Chol, what's Tameh, what's Tahar, what's Mutter, what's Aser. Until I create and concretize and solidify categories of right and wrong, and I know the things that, I'm, that are it's good for me to engage in and the things I separate from, the Havdalah, the Kiddush, Chada Milsihi. Only when there's Havdalah, ultimately again, can there be the Kiddush of Kiddush. You know, sometimes in life, our greatest challenge, and the reason why sometimes we don't get real traction in life growth, is because we allow ourselves to live in a world of gray. We do things, we behave in ways, we, we maintain certain associations and connections, and things that are objectively not good for us. Labdafka, that they're sinful, they're just not good. They're just not conducive for my growth. But I find myself mired in this world of gray, which is often why I can't really self-actualize in a way I know I'm capable of doing. That's why the Gemara says, Havdalah the Kiddush. And the order here is very important. First, you have to make Havdalah. What should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? What should I be engaged in? What should I not be engaged in? Who should I remain connected to? And who do I have to place a little bit of a distance at? What activities are good? What activities are not good? What's conducive to my growth? What's not conducive to my growth? Be mavdil. Be mavdil. Once you're mavdil, ultimately again, then there is Kiddusha. I will say one last piece. I'll show you. Look at Tosis. So we fin- we're not finished this. The Yaknahaz now is going to be our sugya tomorrow. But there's a great Tosis here. Tosis, she'in onum shtei kedusha. You see this? I say, says Tosis. V'yeshno, again, watch this. So now what we've established is you can't make two brachas or you shouldn't make two kedushas on one coast. V'yeshno, again, b'chopa mitamza. Shalolomar sheva brachas al kos. They'll say, watch this. We know this is why it's brachas. Uh, right? You have a person who's leading benching at the end of the suit. A person is leading benching. He benches on a coast. And then what do we do? We bring another cup for Shevar brachas. Another cup for Shevar brachas. Why do we bring another cup for Shevar brachas? So it says, Tosis, because it's not good to make, you will say, so remember again, interestingly enough, one cup is for benching, one cup is for Sheva Brachas. Why? Why two cups? Ein osin mitzvos chavilos chavilos. However, ach, Rabbeinu Meshulam haya omer, hakala kos echad. Rabbeinu Meshulam said, no, no, no. By, by, by Sheva Brachas, after benching, you make everything on one cup. Why? Because again, it's not similar to, let's say, benching and, and Kiddush, which are clearly two different things. 
אבל הולכה חדה מילסיהי, דברכס המוזן גורם לברכס ניסוין, וברכס ארסין, וניסוין, I'm sorry, דברכס המוזן גורם לברכס ניסוין. רבינו משולם דיסגריד, רבינו משולם says, no, you only need one cup. Why do you only need one cup? Because הלוכה למה ישראל בואו say, what triggers שבע ברכס? What triggers it? בנשן. והראיה, if you don't have a meal and you don't have benching, you don't have shara brachas. I don't mean the shara brachas under the chuppah. I mean shara brachas again from the Suda and on through the seven days. You, you only have shara brachas if you have a meal. Therefore, Rabbi Nehemushulam said they're one and the same. Essentially, Rabbi Nehemushulam would say that kind of benching and shara brachas is just like what? Just like what? Kiddush and Abdullah. They're the same thing. It's only, so therefore it goes on, Uberkas Erusin, Uberkas Nisuin, Nagulom Ashtei Kosos, we'll say, under a chuppah, we recite Berkas Erusin and Berkas Nisuin, right? The two parts of the learning, we do it under two, over two different cups. The time of the Regilim Zebelo Zebosai, why is that? This is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Why? Because often, historically, Zebosai, today, under the chuppah, we do Erusin and Nisuin together. We do everything together under the chuppah. But historically, there was often up to a year in between Erusin and Nisuin. Because they were separate processes, therefore, ultimately, again, the custom developed to do them over two cups under the chuppah, even though, technically speaking, you could do it all under one cup. So, we'll say, so just really fascinating. So I'm just, the reason I'm pointing this out to you, we'll say, is this is a good tosis to keep in your back pocket. Because halacha lemaisa, we will do benching and sheva brachos over two cups, over two cups, but it's good to have that rabbinu mashalom in your back pocket. Because should you be at a Shavar Rachas, where for whatever reason there's only one cup of wine, which is just an unacceptable situation for any Simcha, right? Obviously, you don't have good enough friends if there's only one cup of wine at the end of Shavar Rachas. But Lamaisa, again, it's interesting to note that if there is only one cup of wine, Yeshami Lismoch to go and use the same cup for benching as well as for Shavar Rachas. We'll stop over. We'll continue with this tomorrow.